This is Confessions of a Former Mean Girl with Serena Myers. I'm a master transformation mentor and shadow guide, and I work with heart-centered, high-achieving women who are on the journey to becoming the truest version of themselves, which is only possible by first accepting all that they are. This podcast explores the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions so you can feel better about yours. It's normal to be a messy human, so let's talk about it. Hey, beautiful, and welcome to today's episode. Today we're talking about boundaries. Now, boundaries is a pretty big conversation. They come up a lot in my work with powerhouse change-making women. And so we're going to do this in a series of episodes, but today we're talking about feeling like a bitch when you set a boundary. So let's dive in. A lot of my clients consider themselves to be nice girls, people pleasers, nurturers. And I honestly have only discovered like one or two true nurturers. Oftentimes, that's a trait that we've actually been conditioned to become. But that's a whole other conversation, I suppose. But because they are these kind-hearted folks, they find themselves in this position where they feel like a bitch whenever they prioritize their own needs, their own feelings, their own time over somebody else's. And a lot of this has to do with having been conditioned to have your validation and your value come from what you do rather than who you are. When you are somebody who is really giving, you tend to attract people who are taking. And oftentimes there is this imbalance that happens and internally we hold on to all of this resentment. But when we're doing this work of boundaries, what we're doing is not just standing up for ourselves, not just making this declaration of our worth. But what we are also doing is creating a new dynamic in our relationships where we are showing up with more truth. Now, does this get a little bit rocky at first? Absolutely. Which is oftentimes why we feel like a bitch when we say no. Because other people who are used to us saying yes to everything go, hold on a minute, wait a minute, you've never said no before. What's going on now? What's wrong with you? Now, if you have been doing a lot of healing work and you have done a lot of reclamation work and or maybe even that we've worked together and you've gotten to this place, you are going to be more ready for this type of conversation because you're going to recognize that other people's projections, other people's assumptions about who you are and how you behave are not actually you. However, if you're newer to this journey, this kind of pushback that you can have from somebody else can sometimes be enough to actually send you back into your old people-pleasing ways where you start to compromise your own needs. And we want to get rid of that. We want that to not be the way that we're operating. Because here's the thing, when you do the work of claiming all that you are, all that you feel, where you're expressing it, where you have healthy boundaries, when you are just in this total self-expression, you have what I like to call unshakable certainty. Unshakable certainty is knowing 100% who you are, the value you bring, what your gifts and your strengths are, who you are as a person, what your traits are as a person. I always like to use this example that if you are six foot four, and someone calls you short, you're going to go, well, no, obviously I'm tall. Hello. But we don't have that same kind of certainty about our inside traits. So we can be the kindest, most generous person. And if someone calls us out and says that we're being really selfish, if we haven't fully embodied our generosity, there's going to be a part of us that goes, oh, wait a minute. Am I selfish? Should I have said no? Should I have done that? And that's where we are not unshakably certain. And when I emphasize this whole point about being 100% unshakably certain, it's because if you are 99%, just having that little tiny 1% of doubt is going to be the part that gets activated when somebody pushes back, particularly when we're talking about boundaries. 
It's when we start to question things. Now, am I asking you to be 100%? Like, yeah, that would be ideal. But I also know that we're human and we're not going to be in the ideal all the time. So what I'm saying is if you're 99% and that 1% does get triggered, where instead of just buying into the story that you have done something wrong, that you're willing to take a beat and say, ooh, I feel like I'm being a bitch right now. I feel like I'm being selfish. I'm feeling like what this person is saying is true. Is that true for me? And what evidence do I have that that's true other than the fact that this person has just projected this story onto me? And when we can take this moment to not just go with the knee-jerk reaction, not just take the information that we're given and assume that it's truth, when we can catch our breath, where we can pause into an idea and say, hold on a second here. I'm feeling a thing. I'm feeling a certain way. What does this mean? We're able to then start to make decisions and take action that is aligned with the person that we are becoming, this truest version of ourselves, the fullest expression of ourselves, and less from our cultural programming, less from our conditioning, less from our people-pleasing ways. When we are doing the work of boundaries, what we are actually doing is taking up space. We are saying that our needs, our desires, our values are just as important if not for us, more important than anyone else's. Which, yeah, that's going to shake things up with the people who are used to you behaving in a particular way. But you're no longer prioritizing other people's expectations and other people's comfort at the cost of your own. Because if you think about that, if you can think about a time where you did something that you didn't want to do just because it was easier to go along with it, because you were worried about how someone would else would respond if you said no, if you were trying to avoid a guilt trip. If you look at those moments, what you did was prioritize someone else's needs, desires, wants, and expectations over your own. And those are these little acts of self-betrayal that women do to ourselves all the time. And so when we're setting these boundaries, Yes, there's a whole lot of work that goes into, you know, that beforehand. But when we're setting these boundaries, what we're doing is rebuilding that relationship of trust with ourself. Where we are now saying, okay, great, this is the way that I behaved in the past. And I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be sovereign. I want to show up for myself, advocate for myself. I had a moment recently where I was incredibly triggered by someone who was behaving a lot of the way that I experienced as a child. And my inner child was like off the charts, super activated. My nervous system was just really lit up all the time. I was really stressed, really anxious, really uncomfortable. And when I stood up to this person, I remember saying to myself very clearly, this is not your abuser from your childhood. And you couldn't stand for yourself then but you can now. And even though that situation was really hard, it was so powerful, not just for me to stand for myself in that moment, but for all the times that I had compromised myself in the past, all the times where I wasn't able to because I was a child. It's really healing, really, really good work, not just for your inner child, but for the person that you are right now as well. We as women have been conditioned to be a certain way. We've been shaped by our culture, our family, the media. We have this story about what it means to be a woman and how we need to show up as wives, as mothers, as teachers, as sisters, as daughters. And 
in that, we start to hold ourselves to these, not just standards, but expectations. And as soon as we don't line up 100% with whatever these criteria is of the perfect woman, we start to think that there is something wrong with ourselves. We don't think that maybe the system is broken, that maybe there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to being a woman in these times. It is like this radical notion that Maybe you don't want to have kids. Maybe you want to start a company. Maybe you don't want to talk to your parents. Maybe you don't want to get married. All of these things that we have been told are, you know, what we're supposed to do, that we can give ourselves permission. We can consciously choose to do something else. And that's not even just, okay, that is like absolutely fucking perfect. Because there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to this type of stuff. Because we are diverse humans, and we need to give ourselves permission to be the truest, most fully expressed version of ourselves. So I have a couple of questions for you. If someone says no to you, if somebody sets a boundary, do you think that they're a bitch when they say no? When a man sets a boundary with you or says no, do you think poorly of him? And when you think about the people who are asking you for things, especially if they know that they're compromising a boundary or pushing a limit with you a little bit, why are their needs more valuable than yours? These are just a few questions for you to start unpacking your relationship with the energy and the stories that are beneath the struggle with setting boundaries. Because what we're talking about this at the heart of it all is worthiness worthiness and a deferral of your personal power. And when you're doing this work of reclaiming all that you are, and when you're taking back your power in these moments, not just the moments of shame, like we talked about in the past episode, but when we're talking about in all these moments where we compromise ourselves, when we become more embodied, more fully expressed, where we feel more aligned with truth, where we are boundaried like a motherfucker, we get to be in this really powerful, sovereign place but it takes some work to get there. And it takes a commitment and a practice that you can be doing so that boundaries become easier. I've been doing this for years. I still don't call them easy, but I will say that they are easier. And when I do compromise myself in a moment, I do it consciously, not by default. And I do then also afterwards take the time and the space to make reparations with myself. So recently, my cousin passed away. And I flew home to help out with the funeral arrangements and just being with my family and their grief. And there were times, because I know I was showing up as a support, that I needed to park my feelings. And sometimes that meant in a moment, compromising my need to cry and to be expressed in order to be there for somebody else. But I did it consciously. And afterwards, I went home back to my hotel and I cried my face off. I made that space. Because it's not saying that you always have to put yourself first, but if you're not, you need to be choosing not to. You need to understand that choice and you need to know what you're going to do to make it up to yourself later on. Boundaries are practice. They are things that are like any other muscle group you need to strengthen and build with time. So the first boundary that you're going to set should be something really low stakes, like maybe someone screwed up your order at a restaurant and you ask them to fix it rather than sitting down and telling your father-in-law that he can't move in while they're renovating their house. 
So we want to find lower stakes ways so that we can practice, so that we can get stronger, so that when the stakes are higher, we still know that we are okay. And because the stories about unworthiness or about what is expected of us are so ingrained and oftentimes in childhood, whenever we step into these states of having to set boundaries, that part of ourselves, especially our inner child, gets really, really activated. And it's deeply tied to our nervous system. So we need to do a lot of regulation work so that we can feel safe and secure to be able to say no. I love doing work with a weighted blanket if I'm finding that things are really overwhelming. I'll put that on top of me so that my body is feeling really held while I do this thing that takes a lot of courage from me. I also work with tapping. You can work with essential oils. You can do vagus nerve massage. There are so many different ways that you can support your nervous system. Sometimes it's as simple as stopping and taking a beautiful, deep breath. But by having these tools and these practices, each time you set a boundary, it gets a little bit easier. And every time that you have to compromise yourself, you find your way back a lot faster. And all of this can happen if you are willing to do this work. Now, if boundaries are something that you personally struggle with, I have a beautiful program called Unbound. It is a deep dive in one session. It's part coaching, part personal ceremony, where I actually build an altar and hold space for you to work through the energetics of clearing something and the belief systems that stop us from setting boundaries are a perfect thing to work with in Unbound. I'll make sure that all the details are in the show notes so that if that's something that you need right now, we can talk about. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me. Make sure to stay in touch between episodes by following me on Instagram. I'm at Serena Myers. If this episode inspired you or you want to support the show, please give it a share to your favorite peeps and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time.